InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. You turn on a light switch and have no doubt that electricity will be there whenever you want it. But how sturdy is our nation's power grid? InfoTrack's Roy Mackey is here with the story. Roy? Thanks, Chris. Our guest is Jason McKenzie. He's an expert in the area of producing and delivering electricity, and he's written a book called Lights Out, The Electricity Crisis, The Global Economy, and What It Means to You. Welcome to InfoTrack, Jason. Thank you for having me. Well, the title of your book certainly grabs attention. I think most people would say, what, there is an electricity crisis? The crisis is more down the road as some of these issues converge. The title does call attention to the issues that consumers don't normally think about all in one breath. Maybe you can give us a worst-case scenario of what's going on with our electrical system and what could fail. The weak link in our system currently is the transmission part of the supply chain, referring mostly to the high-voltage transmission lines, which have been inadequately invested in, expanded, upgraded for the last 25 years, something pretty much all industry experts acknowledge. And then, to a large extent, the distribution part of the system, which is the uh, wires that go to you know individual homes and businesses. That's really the weak link, and that's where I think you know emphasis needs to be placed in terms of avoiding a crisis. And who's responsible for upgrading that system? Do those power lines and the power grid essentially belong to power companies or to the federal government or state government or where? Well, that's an interesting question. Ten years ago, you could answer that question very easily and say it was your local electric utility. But today, with the breakup and disaggregation of the supply chain, it's actually unclear who is responsible for what functions. And it's kind of a Byzantine institutional structure at this point with some organizations responsible at the federal or national level for reliability, some responsible for the assets themselves, private companies coming in to expand certain parts of the transmission system with no responsibility for other parts. It's really kind of a mess out there in terms of the institutional structure. You call our electricity grid a third world grid. Why is it so bad? I've listed that term from so many different papers and presentations in the industry. And despite that, it's not necessarily accurate to say that we have a third world grid in that, you know, it breaks down every day. We have outages of four to six hours, which you do see in other places that are, I guess, the third world. But the point we're trying to make is that it's not a first world grid anymore, and we're rapidly moving towards a third world status if we don't do something here. But again, the issue is having inadequate investment for the last two and a half decades, and really not having good mechanisms, good public support to expand and enhance that infrastructure going forward. You talked about the lack of investment in the last 25 years. Is that a change in regulatory positions of the government or the economy or just a change in the way the power companies operate? Well, there's a couple of things. Probably the most important is that as electricity was disaggregated, the production and delivery of it from just the local utility, the transmission part of the system has become the lowest value piece. When utilities were responsible for the whole delivery chain, you didn't notice that that part had a smaller value. Now that it's sort of separate and by itself, you know, if you're an investor and you have money to park somewhere, you're probably going to park it somewhere else. That's one issue. And the other issue is in the decades following the blackout in New York on the East Coast, the Northeast, in 1964, 
we had a tremendous amount of investment that was put into the grid. And the mantra was, never again, never again shall such a blackout happen. Well, that took us to about the early 80s, and then that sort of dwindled down. So we did have kind of a gold-plated system by the early 80s, but by this time it has seriously deteriorated. I've heard a lot of people talking about electricity rates lately. Are they going up everywhere? As an example, I live in a state where supposedly rates would go down because of less regulation and more competition. And yet, not long ago, the price of electricity for consumers literally went up 25%. Yeah, that's a big issue. My contention is that everybody's electricity rates are going to go up in this country and probably significantly over the next couple of years. And along with that, your service is probably going to deteriorate to some degree, if not to a large degree. Jason, what's the reason behind that? Because there's certainly enough of the core fuel to make electricity that is coal. There's lots of that, and I guess nuclear prices wouldn't necessarily be going up. What's the reason for these price increases? The source of the energy, although coal has increased dramatically in price over the last couple of years, sort of in lockstep with all the other uh, energy prices. When petroleum goes up, all other energy prices tend to catch a tailwind. And coal, as far as doubled, I think a year or so ago, it's come down since then. But that's not so much the issue as one of the more important ones being in your state, for example, you mentioned competition programs. Every competition program at the state level went forward with the mandate to have reduced or frozen electricity rates. So one of the things we're paying for in the near term is all the low prices that we've enjoyed that were mandated to make it look like competition was going to work. Competition does not work, in your opinion? No, I wouldn't say that at all. I'd say that the way the competition programs were designed state by state were not designed the best way. They were designed in ways that protected certain interests, that actually stifled competition. Can you imagine trying to inject competition into a state or industry and then freezing or mandating reduced prices. That's not how competition works. Our guest on InfoTrack is Jason McKenzie. He's an expert in the area of electricity, and he's written a book called Lights Out. Jason, let's talk for a moment about Congress's attempt to do something, the Energy Bill of 2005. Did that help? It has helped on paper in that it's called attention at the federal level to some of the uh, nagging issues, one of those being transmission, and it did provide this new designation called a transmission in a corridor of national interest so that we can break some long-standing two centuries-old log jams between states' rights and federal authority. Apart from that, if you read the fine print in that energy bill, which I have several times, there's something for everybody. You could just tell all the special interests weighed in, but and by that I mean not just coal, but renewables. There's something for everybody. One of the other more important features from my point of view is that it does require that utilities provide what they call time-of-use metering, which is a great way to start solving some problems at the consumer side and begin to give consumers more control over their electricity pricing and destiny. Let's talk about other potential solutions just to kind of wrap things up. What do you foresee happening in terms of something that's going to force the issue of improving our transmission grids? The best way to see progress or action taken is when electricity is not there. And by that, I mean major outages around the country. You know, between 1997 and 2003, 
we really did have a lot of major outages in major metro areas such as Chicago, New York, the whole Northeast in, in August of 2003, California. And when those happen, then there are uh, calls to action and things get moving. But then they stall out. You know, you have another couple of years where nothing big happens. It's difficult to plan for additional assets and additional responsible spending unless there has been a big outage in recent memory. And is there anything that consumers can do in terms of putting pressure on some particular entity, the Congress or uh, power companies? Well, I'll tell you, probably the most overriding point in my book is that the consumer has to get engaged and stay engaged with this industry. It's an industry that doesn't get enough respect in terms of our national security. It's an industry that doesn't get enough respect within the context of our overall energy consumption. We use 25% of the Earth's energy resources just in this country. So the consumer needs to get engaged, stay engaged, and not just lurch from outage to outage in terms of their interests. People should think about meeting once a month, just like they meet in a book club or in a reading group, just to spend some time talking about these issues, share good ideas, maybe have some uh, concerted communication with your utility or elected officials, that type of thing. Jason McKenzie, he's an expert in the area of electricity, 25 years in the electricity industry, and he's the author of a book called Lights Out, The Electricity Crisis, The Global Economy, and What It Means to You. Jason, thanks again for joining us on InfoTrack. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.